I figured I'd drop by and have a little conversation with you. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my husband is the gardener. My father is the gardener. My father's the husband. And he said, the gardener comes walking through the garden every now and again for a particular reason. Because he's looking for fruit. Looking for fruit. He's not just looking for good looking plants. He's looking for something productive. See, even in his conversation that he had, and, and we're going to talk about, let's have the conversation today. Because God is a conversing God. God will talk to you. So he talks with Adam in the very beginning, and he said, Adam, here's the requirements to live in my garden. Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. All throughout Scripture, you will read God talking about fruit-bearing. John the Baptist's message was, the axe is laid at the root of the tree. And every tree that bringeth not forth fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. So when the gardener comes walking through the garden, he comes looking for fruit. He comes to see if there is something being produced in our life. One of the stories that stands out in Scripture is found in Matthew chapter 21 where the Bible says that the disciples and Jesus was walking from Bethany to Jerusalem and he seen a fig tree that was standing in the midst of the road. The Bible said that Jesus was hungry and so he went to the fig tree and it was full of leaves and it had every indication that there would be fruit on the tree and yet when Jesus began to part the leaves there was no fruit on the tree Jesus as he often would he would take the place that he was the dealings that he was dealing with and he would use that to illustrate a point and so the Bible said that he cursed the fig tree and said, no more will fruit ever grow on you. And the Bible said that instantly the tree began to wither and dry up, and the disciples marveled. But it gives us an indication of what God is interested in in our lives. God is looking for fruit. He is looking for productivity. He is looking for 
there to be something in our life that attracts him. And so Jesus in this illustration in John 15 says, he said, I am the true vine. Now they're walking along and, and apparently Jesus would see a vine. He would see a vineyard and he would take this moment as a teachable moment to say, see this vine, see the grapes, see the arbor. And all, they would, it would immediately connect with that. And, and then Jesus would say, but I am the true vine. I am the true vine. If, if you really want the right things to be produced in your life, then you have to be into the right vine. See, we're, our lives are filled with all kinds of connectivity and our life in, in a lot of ways produces all kinds of fruit. But the question we need to address today, is it good fruit? Is it good fruit? Is it fruit that is meat for the master's use? Is it fruit that is acceptable under the Lord? And so Jesus would say that I am the true vine and, and yet it is my father that is the husbandman. And he comes walking through the garden every now and again. He will walk through the garden. He will come in amongst the vineyard. And he will bring his pruning shears. Because everything that is not producing fruit. Everything that is not producing fruit. Snip. Snip. See, sometimes you wonder why you see some people and then you don't see them. Snip. Snip. You wonder why all of a sudden something in your life disappears. Snip. Snip. What do you do when all of a sudden that which you have trusted in so much is gone? It's the gardener walking through the garden, snipping, cutting. Everything that beareth not fruit is cut down. It's pruned away. See, that's what church is all about. That's what reading our Bible is about. That's what praying is about, is to bring ourselves into an atmosphere and into an environment where the gardener, See, that's why some people are afraid of prayer because they're afraid if they pray about it. You wonder why all of a sudden your relationship goes sour. Snip, snip, snip. You wonder why somebody you really enjoyed being around all of a sudden is gone. It is because the master gardener comes through his garden. See, we are not fruit inspectors. God did not call you to walk through the garden and find fault with people you don't like. He didn't call you into the garden to, to, to badmouth somebody because, see, if it was left to, up to us, we would be like the disciples when they said to Jesus, after the tares had been sown in the wheat, do you want us to go in and pull the tares up? And Jesus said, if you do, you're going to disturb some good wheat. 
See, if it was left up to us, some of us would go through the garden and we would be pulling out something that we think is bad. And God says, no, if it can grow, if it can stay in the vine, if it can stay tapped into the true vine, give it a few days, give it a few weeks, it may not be mature now. See, that's the problem, ladies and gentlemen, is we don't have a maturity gauge. We get all this judge at, judgmental attitude and we start judging people because they didn't straighten up as fast as we think they ought to. But see, it's easy, ladies and gentlemen, to condemn people who are still where you were, but you're no longer there. It's easy for you to look down on people who you think ought to be more mature than they are, and you want to take your snips and you want to cut them out of the vine and you want to remove them and God says get away from them if I can give them enough time if they can pray one more time if they can get into the word the word of God is going to be fertilizer into their spirit and into their attitude but God says I'm the one and I alone am the one that has the right to walk through the garden I'm the one but I got to tell you something else that he doesn't come just to play games sometimes the pruning hurts snip I see an attitude that's developing. Because see, I think one of the things that we fight more than anything is we want to tap the vines that we're tapped in into the true vine. I want to bring the things I like, the way I want to be, the attitude I have, the way I treat people, the way I like people, the way I want people to treat me, my connections, the people that, that I want to stay attached to, I want to bring that all. And you know, the amazing thing is when God saves you, he, he gets all of you. He, he gets all of you. He gets all of me. But in the growth process, there's some things in me that he has to cut out. There's, there's a root of bitterness. See, our, our biggest conundrum is that we're addressing the fruit and not the root. See, because sometimes he has to change tools. Sometimes... What he's trying to get out of our life is not visible. It's only visible by the fruit that we show. The way you talk to people is not the problem, that's the fruit. The root is an issue. See, Job chapter 14, throw it on the screen, Brother Kyle, if you would. Job chapter 14 and verse 7. Job is, is, is speaking of a tree that's been cut down. 
And, and he says, for there is hope of a tree if it be cut down. See, if, if God sometimes just takes the external, the things that you can see, they're going to come back. There's hope of a tree be cut down that it will sprout again and that the tender branches thereof will not cease. Verse 8. Though the root, somebody say root. Somebody say we're going to the root of the problem today. We're going to the root of the problem today. How many's tired of dealing with external things? How many's tired of dealing with the attitude of things? How many's tired of dealing with bad fruit and you're ready for some good fruit to be growing in your life? If you're going to have some good fruit, you've got to go to the root. It's not the fruit, it's the root. It's not, oh, come on, somebody. It's not the fruit, it's the root. And so sometimes God says there, there's a root that is waxing old in the ground and, and though the stock thereof die or what you can see dies. See, this is what God was saying through the writer of Hebrews when he's talking about Ezekiel. He's saying, Ezekiel had a spirit of fornication. Now, that's, he's not talking about a sexual deviancy. He's talking about not having the ability to control his desires. Not having the ability. You want to know what fornication is? Fornication is not having the ability to control your desires. Just an, uh, an unquenchable appetite. Just an unsatisfactory appetite. Just anything you want to do, you do. It doesn't matter if it hurts somebody, if it hurts yourself. It doesn't matter if it brings self-deprivation and destruction. It, it's just, it's all about me. It's me, me, me. It's all about me. It's fornication. And, and God said, Esau had a spirit of fornication. He sold the precious for the temporary. And he said, lest a root, somebody say root. root, lest a root of bitterness spring up. And so Job said, though the root wax old in the earth and the stock thereof die in the ground, the next verse says, yet at the scent of water, it's gonna grow. Oh, Jesus. See, if you leave that root alone in the ground, uh, given the right situations, given the right set of circumstances, old friends coming into your life, uh, old things that, that you didn't really tear down and let God prune out of your life, all of a sudden uh, they get a little water uh, and they begin to grow. Some of you are wondering why you're fighting the same thing uh, that you fought for years uh, and years uh, and desires uh, and things that's in your heart. I can't to preach to you it's the root it's the root the root still in the ground and so God says every now and then I'll bring the pruning shears but there comes a time when I gotta go a little deeper and so he comes with the hoe he comes with the shovel he said I gotta dig some things out see in our life we often say man my life's hectic that's the fruit. The root is you have no organization. Oh, you ain't going to help me today, but we're going to go there. The racism that you allow to linger in your spirit is not the root, that's the fruit. The fruit is hatred. 
the way you yell and shout at your kids is the fruit. That's the fruit. But the root, the root is anger. The root is frustration with yourself. Something you have never taken the time to deal with. So Jesus finds the disciples. John 21, Peter said, Guys, I'm going fishing. Now, this would not seem out of the ordinary because Peter was a fisherman. But he had taken a three-year sabbatical, three-and-a-half-year sabbatical, and followed Jesus. But he always had this kind of an attitude of what, what's, what's in it for me. I'm following you, but what are we going to get out of it? Because he would come to Jesus and say, hey, we left all to follow you. And when you go to the base of it, Peter's problem was that he thought following Jesus was a better earthly opportunity than fishing. He, he, he thought, man, this career change will be advantageous to me. Just because you have a better job opportunity that provides a few extra amenities to this life, but causes you to not be faithful to the kingdom of God, you got a few more perks, but it's going to cost you church attendance and it's going to cost you a little kingdom involvement. But oh, I'm making a dollar more on the hour. I think God will understand if He doesn't, He can just deal with it. Looking for earthly advantage when it's going to cost you eternal advantage. Jesus would say in Matthew chapter 6, He would say, I think it's obvious. The message version says, I think it's obvious that wherever the thing you treasure is, is where I'm going to find your affection and your heart. Whatever's most important to you, whatever is the root, and that's why Jesus was trying to establish the root is the most important thing. If the root's bad, then you've got to go through the process of digging out the root, uh, digging that attitude, uh, digging that spirit, uh, because if you leave it in the ground uh, at the sin of water, at the right opportunity, see, some people hang too close around where they came in at. 
That's why the writer of Hebrews said if they had been mindful of the country from whence they came out of, they might have had opportunity to return. But now they declare plainly that we are strangers and pilgrims and we desire a city whose builder and maker is God. I've left this world behind. I've left what it can give me behind. I've got my eye fixed on an eternal prize. The things of the temporary pale in comparison to eternity. My God have mercy. And so Jesus comes to the shore and he's watching the disciples fish. And he hollers out to him. He said, and they've been fishing all night. And Jesus hollers out. He said, hey guys, have you caught any fish? What do you hope to gain by going back to where you came from? What do you hope to get by going back to the thing that you was willing to leave in hopes of something better? Hey, Peter, have you caught any fish? No. And and here's this voice says, well, throw your net on the other side of the boat. Now, now, now think with me just for a moment, gentlemen, ladies. Don't you think that they had fished on both sides of the boat? And here this man says, throw your net on the other side of the boat. And they just said, okay, we've tried everything else. Let's try this. And the Bible said when they threw their nets on the other side of the boat that they caught such a draught of fish. In fact, the Bible numbers 153 fish. That's what they caught. And, and somebody said, hey, hey, that's Jesus up there. And Peter went diving for his coat because he was in his fisherman attire, probably about half naked. And he went for his coat. They got to the bank. And Jesus said, hey, boys, sit down. I'm going to feed you dinner. So they sit down. They have fish. They have bread. And then Jesus kind of just gets, come here, Brother David. Jesus, Peter's sitting down there. He's finishing the last fish, kind of taking the meat off the bones, putting another morsel of bread and, Jesus just kind of, hey, Pete, what's up? What's up? Hey, Pete, I got a question for you. Lovest thou me more than these? What's the these? The fish. Do you love me? more than where you were when I found you? Do you love me more than that career opportunity? Do you love me more? What, 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 what is your these? Maybe, maybe that's the question that needs to be asked today. What is your these? Do you, do you love me 
Peter more than these. I, I know you still had an affection there because it pulled you back to where I called you from. Do you love me more than these? Peter said, of course. Yeah. Well then, why did you go back? Why, why were you willing to go back to what I called you from? Why, all of a sudden, did the pull of that become stronger than the pull of where I'm taking you? Can I just say today, it's a root problem. And so, he said again, Peter, do you love me more than these? And I, I imagine Peter's already getting a little upset because he had an anger issue. Yes, I love you, Jesus. Feed my sheep. See, I'm trying to transition you from fish to feeding. From product to producing. God, I hope you get this. I'm trapped. See, there's a fascinating verse in the, in the story of Joshua bringing the children of Israel into the land of Canaan. The Bible said that when they crossed Jordan, the old or the manna ceased and they ate the old corn of some of the things that brought you to where you are today God is trying to wean you from Some of the things that, that you've trusted in, God is trying. See, there's a certain gestation period that takes the vine to produce the grapes. There's a certain time. You see, there's a time when you nurture the grape, the, the vineyard, and the, and the branches. It's not producing fruit, but you're investing in something that's... You're investing in something today that's going to provide dividends tomorrow. If you keep catching fish, Peter, all you're going to have is fish. But if I can take you and cross you over into transition, you're not going to be catching fish. You're going to be producing lambs. You're going to be producing fruit. He said, I'm trying to transition you from what brought you here to what she's going to sustain you in the future. If you stay with it, we've all heard the saying, if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach him how to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. And God is saying, I've got to transition you from the old into the new.